You're listening to the Earmark edition of Laying Down the Law with Billy DeClerc, Esquire. You can earn free NASBA-approved continuing professional education credits for listening to this episode. To get started, download the free Earmark CPE app, register for the course, take a quick quiz, and get your CPE certificate. It's that easy. Learn more at earmarkcpe.com. And now, on to the episode. Warning. Laying Down the Law is a comedy podcast intended to be humorous. Human listener discretion is advised. From the Beyond Unreasonable Doubt Studios, in association with Feitner Productions, it's Laying Down the Law! With your host, Billy DeClerc! Hey, that's me. Yeah, that's right, Billy. That's you. <sighs> Featuring Greenberry Lucas, Lauren Michaels, and Curtis Rutherford. Only a madman would dare to bring these people together to build a world of law and order, only to tear it apart with laughter. That madman is attorney Billy DeClerc. The result is a podcast blasted to the farthest reaches of the internet. That podcast is this one and it starts right now welcome to laying down the law earmark edition the law and comedy podcast hosted by me i'm billy d clerk and i'm what you get when you cross supreme court justice clarence thomas with comedian lily tomlin uh, one ringy dingy um Ginny's on the line if you don't know that reference you're too young um, all right i'd like to re- introduce my guest First, a returning guest, he's a writer, improviser, and host of the hit podcast, Improv Beat by Beat. His writing can be found on McSweeney's and also on Twitter, like a lot. Uh, He's a member of (laughs) Megaplex, the improvised movie. Fluffy and Ghost, he's part of the steering committee for the Comedy Co-op. The Comedy Co-op is a performer-led cooperative in Los Angeles that believes that live comedy should be accessible, affordable, and adaptive to all people, regardless of race, gender, sexuality, size, age, ethnicity, or ability. How cool. He is the one, Curtis Rutherford. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back, uh, Curtis. Thank you very much. Welcome back, another returning guest. She's an actress, comedian, and writer. You can see her perform stand-up at the Hollywood Improv Lab and catch her latest song parodies and sketches on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube and all other social media platforms that haven't been invented yet. Please welcome the hilarious and very talented Greenberry Lucas. Hi there. Welcome back. (laughs) And finally, we're pleased to welcome back an actor and comedian who enjoys writing while riding a bicycle. Even though she's from (laughs) Dayton, Ohio, she studied theater at the Stella Adler Studio and mastered making mistakes in New York. We're going to talk about New York in a minute so that she can share her gifts as a standardized patient in Pittsburgh, influencing and impacting doctors to be. And you're welcome, doctors and patients in Pittsburgh. She enjoys camping and cross-country driving trips, which led her to discover that Los Angeles, California is her natural home. She performs stand-up comedy weekly while procrastinating on other pursuits. Welcome back to the podcast. Once again, Ms. Lauren Michaels. Woo-hoo. Thank all you. Right. Pleasure Thank you. I'm thrilled to have you all back on the podcast. But first, before we get into it, a word from our sponsor. Insert advertisement here. And we're back. Are we ready to get into it? <laughs> but first, I have to buy that product. I know. Yes. Actually, I saw, um, I, I'm a big fan of uh, Love It or Leave It on Crooked Media. And so I went and saw the live recording last night. And it was great to see it like with no commercials. He'd be like, well, after this, we'll talk about such and such. And we're back. And I'm like, <laughs> no, that's a very short period of time. I'm like, okay. No, okay. Nothing for uh-huh. ZipRecruiter right now. Okay. <laughs> so this is a case that comes out of New York. Not realizing I invited three people with strong New York connections. Yes. Uh, Lauren, NYU. Curtis, I know UCB New York. And Kristen, you lived in New York or grew up in New York? Yeah. Yeah. I, I studied at UCB in the pit in New York. And I did. it was in a theater company. Yeah. Yeah. I, I lived there. I lived in a lot of different places there, but yes. 
<laughs> awesome. Well, um, I have never lived in New York. Uh, the one uh, one time I uh, drove there from Washington, D.C. and saw Phantom of the Opera and then drove back to Washington, D.C. Nice. Um, but that's pretty much it for me. So you'll have to fill me in on the New York oriented thing. Everything I know about New York is from movies. <laughs> it's just like that. By the way, the like four hour drive from New York to DC, were you just like thinking then about like this? I saw Phantom. Uh -huh. It was like, like a long drive to just like, digest like, Phantom. Really let it soak in. You know, it's actually the thing that people don't realize about Phantom of the Opera is it's really, really layered. So you have like, there's like different, <laughs> there's like, just, it's, it's, it's complexity. It's almost like, like, um, you know, like Dylan Thomas levels of just poet, poetry. So, so subtle. It's so subtle. And, and there's so much to it. Um, you know, what is the music of the night? Isn't that really a metaphor for the human condition? <laughs> the music's great. Uh, you know, my niece saw it and God love the youth because she said, why does she like him? Didn't he just kill somebody? <laughs> yeah. A good point. The new like, gener the younger it. generation. Yeah. So, you know. These love stories don't hit them. <laughs> I've seen it and I do not remember any murders. So <laughs> uh, there's how... multiple murders. That's the kind of the, <laughs> that's sort of the phantom's thing. That's kind yeah, of like, he's like yeah. very sexy about the murder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Actually, um, since we got on Phantom of the Opera. So when I was in uh, in middle school, you know, my parents, I was really into theater. My parents knew that there was this show Phantom of the Opera that was really popular. And it was, we were in the Bay Area. And so um, I don't know, maybe it was touring at that point in time, but my parents decided they, they found tickets really cheap and they took us to see the Phantom of the Opera by Ken Hill. The Ken Hill Phantom of the Opera, which involved literal opera and a retelling of the story, which was 100% <laughs> driven by people like my parents who didn't know the difference between Andrew Lloyd Webber and Ken Hill. So we're like, I don't think this is the same thing. <laughs> and that's literally how I said it because my voice hadn't changed at the time. <laughs> this is the same thing. <laughs> and my dad's like, well, there sure was a lot of singing. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Sounded like opera to me. <laughs> I love that even Phantom of the Opera has like, we're the original famous rays. Like, you know, like one letter off, like we're Pycrosoft soft. <laughs> they really tried to just like get in the, the rubes. Exactly. Yep. Well, we were the rubes, that's for sure. Um, so uh, this, this case is a case from 1966. Wow. It was a good year. Yeah. Wolkowski versus Carlton. Well, this is that like Warhol New York year. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. these are the, the go-go years. Oh yeah, high boots, short skirts, a lot of dancing. You know, my entire knowledge of the '60s comes from watching episodes of Laugh In. The little like the little windows. Uh -huh. Yeah, I think they did do that on Laugh In. Yeah. <laughs> Billy, the more you talk, the more you're like cable guy. Like all of your experiences are like guided by movie <laughs> television. <laughs> I, I pretty much don't leave my uh, little basement down here. Just everything I know. Basement Billy. <laughs> yeah, so I guess I'm just tying it together with the Lily Tomlin reference up top because I do believe that Ernestine Tomlin was a laughing character. So John Wolkowski was injured by a taxi cab what? Yes, severely so injured. So was I. Oh, I wasn't oh, severely injured. Well, tell, tell us about your taxi <laughs> cab industry. We're going to talk about uh, Greenberry's taxi cab injury and how that relates to this case. Go ahead. Okay. How does it? Okay. So I was just walking across the crosswalk, minding my own, and uh, a cab hit me. It was going pretty slow. So I didn't like fly into the air. I think it was like all things considered very, very not bad. It got hit. It spun me around. The cab like stopped on my foot just like pulled just like parked on my foot and then like uh it was I felt like there was a very quick response time from the uh, fire department and mm -hmm. uh no bones were broken but it was a it was a it was a terrifying time people were the people on the street they were giving me a lot of attention so if you're looking to be a star in New York City just just walk slow in a crosswalk and you, and you might get uh, your fandom I just think that, 
that's five seconds what, of fame. <laughs> that's what Wolkowski was after, actually. So, uh, how much money did you end up getting? Uh, I it, the settlement I think was uh, like five thousand. It wasn't a lot. Wow, five thousand dollars. Yeah, and now uh, is that a lot, Lauren? How old well, are you? It's more than I got. Oh, <laughs> what? Okay, Wait, well, you've been hit by a cab too? Yes. <laughs> what the hell? Yes. Oh my God! <laughs> you were in the crosswalk. Was your cab making a a left turn? <laughs> yes. That's what my cab was doing. I was also right away in the crosswalk. It was making a left turn. It, it rolled over my foot and I slammed on the hood and I was like, "What the?" Um, and then oh, I wow. pulled over and he pulled over. I made him stop. And then, um, yeah, like the bomb on the corner grabbed like five cops in half a second. And before wow. I knew it, I was like wiggling my toes in front of these cops and they were like uh, you know uh, the foot spreads you know it's happened to me too the foot it, it spreads it spreads? I was like well you think I need to get an ambulance and they're like well you got insurance and I was like no and they're like well you don't want to pay for that it spreads he'll drive you and what? the guy drove me to the party I was going to and that was it no, you got screwed. You First got of all, zero? what is spreads? What is spreads? Yeah, what does mean? this mean? The foot spreads? The foot, the, the foot spreads. Like, what does that like, mean? It's like, like if you do a lot of yoga, you know, your toes get further and like, further apart. You know, it, it gets squished under something and uh, the bones, they spread apart, but they come back. It's like a pancake. <laughs> like it's a like pancake. A like a car, it's like a Looney Tunes doctor. Yeah. Because also they're describing the injury, not the recovery. Like saying yeah. the foot spreads is like, yes, I know there was a taxi on it. Yeah. You're supposed to say the foot returns to long. <laughs> That's my worry. Yeah. That's what I'm looking for here. Returning yeah. healing. Mm-hmm. The other thing, Laura. reveal my pancake foot that never came back. <laughs> yes, you have this like floppy, floppy giant paper foot. I noticed that. Now I know. Yeah, why. yeah. She <laughs> always gets picked a... first for soccer. Go ahead, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Lauren. There's no fall insurance, so they did not understand. Like you should have been able to get. I didn't have insurance either, and that's a terrifying feeling. Man. So yeah, yeah. You you should have been treated. <sighs> <laughs> yeah, and um, actually, insurance comes into play in uh, Wachowski versus Carlton. The reason <laughs> insurance does come into play. So, um, so Curtis, have you been hit by a cab? I have never been run over, but I have been hit by a cab probably a couple times while riding like city bikes in New York. Ooh, like, oh, city bikes! Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. And and did you get a pancake foot? I got no pancake foot. I got into yelling matches with people with, you know, people who had just tried to murder me and whose, you know, feeling about almost murdering another human being was, well, you shouldn't have been riding your bike in the bike lane. (laughs) Classic difference of opinion, you know. Wow. I could not have planned this better if I could have hand selected a guests for this particular case. I couldn't have done a better job. Unless like all of the improvisers I know have been hit by cabs. Universal experience. Um, I mean, anyone from New York, yes. I think yeah, like maybe, on your way yeah. to your first New York, your first improv class, you're generally yes. hit. <laughs> Buy a cab. <laughs> the warm-ups. Everybody say your name and how long ago it's been since you've been hit by a cab. <laughs> I have the sign on the wall. Days being hit by a cab. Oh, back to zero, zero again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, we don't get to find out how badly Walkowski was hurt. But um, oh. it's serious enough. Um, yeah, it's a thing about, you know, law school textbooks. We never really care about how bad the injuries are because there's some uh, some abstruse point of law we need to examine that doesn't have anything to do with the injury. So mm. we just take it for granted he was seriously injured. Um, okay. he was, the words in the case says he was run down by a taxi cab. Okay. So run okay. down doesn't yeah, sound good. That was the, those cars were heavier than I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It spreads. Yeah, these are the ones. <laughs> these are the ones from the television show Taxi from the nineteen. 19- right. <laughs> oh, sure, yeah. Those are big. Those big. are big. They're yeah. more years later. Run down feels like you know the Great Gatsby. <laughs> like when is it like Daisy hits a guy and like, like I imagine Ooh. that. I imagine like, like old, keeps going. Yeah, exactly. You are like, like Hong 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 Hong. Yeah. yeah. See, when 
when I hear it, I think it's like, it's kind of like this miracle where like it like bumps him and he falls over and they like, he falls down, he runs down and the car just keeps going, but there's really nothing too crazy going on. I'm very like- the optimist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so well, the, the, the abstract point of law, the reason why we're here has to do with the way that the taxi cab companies are structured in mm. order to avoid liability. The case was brought not just against the cab company that hit um, Walkowski, which was Sion Cab Corporation, but it was brought against the owner, a William Carlton. But they also tried to bring it against nine other corporations in which other taxi cabs were registered because each of the corporations owned only two taxi cabs and all of the individual corporations were owned by this William Carlton and two other guys. Mm, Um, A little shifty fella. Yeah. So every corporation, two cabs, and (laughs) apparently you couldn't sue against the medallion because I guess there's a law that says you can't capture that asset as part of a, a judgment. So- $10,000 minimum liability for each cab. That's the liability coverage that was required. And the cabs were all uh, mortgaged, basically. So there was no value in any of the companies. So Walkowski's lawyers are saying, we need to have a good defendant. We got to sue all 10 cab companies. There's 20 different cabs, plus the owner of the garage, plus the owners of the companies. And they're basically, they call it a single network and a single enterprise. The idea was Carlton was the controlling shareholder of these 10 different corporations. They had no other assets. And so Carlton, because the minimum liability is that 10,000 per cab, basically has the bright idea of like, if I split it into nine companies, rather than holding 180,000, he just has to hold 20,000, 20,000, 20,000, 20,000. Right. So that and when he gets sued, so the it's maximum... like a Hydra type thing, right? Uh-huh, like you exactly. cut off one of my companies. Well, yeah. I've got eight other companies that are exactly. just fine. Oh. Exactly. When you're saying Hydra, you're talking about like a, a monster. Yeah, multi-headed. Yes. Yeah, like the old Greek <laughs> monster, all the like different snake heads. It's like, well, you cut off one head. That's fine. There's eight other heads. I've, I've got more heads. People. I got more heads. That's why them cabs are running all over New York. Running all the New York is over. It's because people like Carlton. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's right. Carlton's just, it's just, and it is, I, apparently it was kind of the norm to, to set up cab companies this way. Um, it wasn't oh, it seems unusual. like it didn't change too much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. So the idea was you, the most you could get if you got injured is $20,000 because the only asset with these was the minimum liability insurance. And you couldn't go against all of the different cab companies. And basically the point of the plaintiff was you're a giant cab company. You have all these different cabs and you're pretending to be a little small company in order to basically defraud the public. Yeah. He says the same three guys were the stockholders directors and officers of all the corporations. All of the employees were all employees of the other companies. They were assigned interchangeably to the corporations. Basically, you know, you came in one day and they're like, you're driving cab number four. And like, but that's not a C on cab. They're like, that's fine. You're going to that one. That's the one that's yeah. available. And then the allegation was that the receipts, the expenses, the assets, and the properties were interchanged and intermingled by the defendants as their own that they centrally purchased all their supplies, all the parts, all the oil, all the gas, and all the tires. They were all garaged in one place. And all the operations Ah. of the properties were operated, controlled, managed, maintained as a single entity, unit, and enterprise by the defendants. Who finds this stuff out, Billy? Well, these are- That's a lot of research to find, like, you know, somebody, who who is that? So- procedurally where we are in this case is this is just the very beginning of the case. So these are just allegations in the complaint. So because of the type of a, of a, of a motion that we have here, it's an early motion, like a motion to dismiss, which means you can't sue me. doesn't matter if everything they say is true. You can't sue me. So these are just Mm. allegations you have. that are the process called discovery to go out and find out if it's true or do, you know, there's some investigation that can be done. Ah. Um, And this is where like in the movie version of it, you have the classic, the lawyers going through the paperwork and then wait a minute, see on cabs. They have the same address as see on cabs and see off (laughs) cabs and see off cabs. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And you know, because the corporation addresses as public information. So it's pretty easy to put together. Together, these are different things and they could have mm. alleged these things without knowing for mm-hmm. sure that it's true or they might have known it by based on investigation you know they're going around in long trench coats and asking people questions um, ah always in they, the trench coat that's right and they so they borrowed uh money 
for all the different corporations. And they're saying it was all mixed up. All the money was mixed up between all these different companies and basically said, the point is that this is a fraud on the public. You're mixing all these different corporations together. They're just yeah. structured this way in a way that you don't, so you don't have to pay if somebody gets hurt. We are and, for that. And wow. we, and basically we should be able to sue all these other companies because otherwise the most we're going to get is $20,000. And John Walkowski was run down by a cab. It wasn't just his foot, you know, it was oh. something more serious. <laughs> so, or not who yeah. knows <laughs> so so carlton does a motion to dismiss and says i'm not personally responsible for the Sion cab corporation i'm just the mm. owner mm. And, and the trial court says yes and agrees so walkowski <gasps> appeals and the court of appeal the middle level court reversed and said no carlton can be sued actually yeah okay get it reversed and then this goes up to the highest court um i think it's um i forget the name of the court the court of appeal i think is um i don't remember the name of the court in new york but it's the highest court in new york basically their supreme court of new york producer jeff here to set you straight the new york court system has three levels trial courts including the supreme courts the appellate divisions of the supreme court and the court of appeals and now back to our regularly scheduled program Court of Appeal reversed and said, nope, Carlton's out. You can't sue Carlton. You can sue Sion Cab. Maybe you can sue him if you allege certain things differently, but but basically he was out. So that's the basic part of the case. You can't sue Carlton. You can sue one of his cab companies. You can sue the one that was basically mm -hmm. uh, responsible. When this, whatever, New York State Supreme Court or whoever mm -hmm. that is, the, yeah. high, the high court, when they reversed it, they were like, well, it's only because you didn't dot this I, right? There, it was like a very precise, you did this thing wrong. When the Supreme Court reinstated the trial court's ruling, well, they said a couple of things and I'll go through the reasoning now, okay. but I was just telling you kind of the end result is they say, Carlton's out, you could go back and you could allege certain other things and maybe get Carlton back in, but not the other nine cab companies. This is um, dealing with really three different related legal doctrines. They're kind of all interrelated here. One is called enterprise liability, which is there are 10 individual corporations. Each one is a different company, company one, company two, company three. They're all registered as separate corporations. And the plaintiff wanted to treat them as one giant company. You can't just cordon something off as just one company. We can treat the whole thing together. And on that point, the idea of enterprise liability, um, New York Supreme Court said, no, you can't, these are separate corporations. You can't treat them all as one. Hmm. Hmm. Even though it's obviously shady. Mm -hmm. Even though it's obviously <laughs> shady. It kind of reeks of like some, I don't know, somebody. Mm, somebody might have paid off. Say something? Some, yeah. The uh. <laughs> cabs, I mean, all of the cabs, that's like a lot of power right mm -hmm. <laughs> well you know you That's can cab power there's direct way to bribe <laughs> and there's there's no back then. Yeah. <laughs> you could just uh write the laws is one way to do it you just write the laws and then you don't have to bribe anybody you just write the laws in a way that is favorable for you that's what lawyers do it's a classic pre-bribe 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 the second version is the law of agency. So the idea of agency is that when someone is an agent for someone else, they can be responsible for the thing their agent does. And so one theory would have been that Carlton was the agent of the Sion Cab Corporation that was sued mm -hmm. and could be liable under that theory. So he can't, so you're, you can be, so as a driver, you're liable for what the agent does or as a driver, your agent is liable for what you do. So you're Carlton. <laughs> so if I own Sion Cab Company uh -huh. and it has a driver and the yep. driver's name is Bob and Bob's <laughs> driving the cab yeah. okay, and Bob runs you down and you sue Bob, the driver, yeah. and then you sue the company that owns mm -hmm. the cab because, it, because Bob is acting as an agent for the Sion Cab Company. Oh, Bob's the agent. Bob's Not Carlton. The, Bob is the driver. Okay. He's the agent of the corporation. Carlton, maybe he could have been. It depends on the facts. But the okay. idea is the basic idea of agency is when one person acts on behalf of another. Okay. 
So Bob's acting on behalf of Carlton because it's Carlton's company. He's driving the car around. Okay, I'm I'm right. And so the Latin phrase for that is respondeat superior. Cool. Um, We love the Latin in the law, but basically that just means that you're responsible. It's vicarious liability. You're responsible vicariously for your employees' acts. And then the third legal doctrine that's going on in this case is the idea of corporate veil piercing. So piercing the corporate veil means that we're going to disregard the corporate form and we're going to hold the individual owners of the corporation responsible. Okay. So it's a disregard of the corporate formality. The purpose of forming a corporation is limited liability. If you form a corporation, you have an LLC, let's say, and the idea is the, if the LLC, let's say, signs a lease for a theater and you're going to open a theater and then the LLC doesn't pay the rent because the theater isn't making money. If you've done it as an LLC and the LLC doesn't pay the rent, then the landlord can only sue the LLC. They can't sue you as the owner of the LLC unless you sign something else promising that you would. But if the company doesn't do it, you're not as the owner of the company responsible. So if you uh, have a lawsuit against Microsoft, you don't necessarily get to sue Bill Gates. Okay. Okay. Mm, right. Right. Okay. So, that's called, so it's called corporate veil piercing. And in some situations, the courts will let you disregard the corporation. So in my LLC example, if a Greenberry Lucas LLC only has one owner and basically Greenberry is, you know, using the money to also pay for uh, Greenberry's dry cleaning and yes. cat food and mm-hmm. Everything and basically, it's just an extension. It's your alter ego. It's the other you. It's the other. I don't self. have a cat, so I'm eating the cat food. <laughs> you're eating the cat. It's fine. It's crazy. Um, so, so that's the situation. You're going to pierce the corporate veil, and so the owner of the corporation is going to be responsible for the corporate liability. Okay. Wow. Uh huh. We're getting into some layers here. So these are all the different doctrines going on in this case, and the point. So because they've sued. The Sion Cab Company, which was the owner of the actual cab that actually hit Walkowski. And then Carlton, who's the owner of the cab company. So that's a piercing, a veil piercing theory, right? That you're the owner of this cab company. Um, and so you're personally responsible for what uh, this cab company did. And then the enterprise liability, also the other nine cab companies that you also own, they're all part of one giant enterprise and we're going to hold them all responsible follow <laughs> totally i get i'm getting every bit of this it all makes sense and are you I, sure I'm when people get really quiet well. <laughs> people, sometimes my guests get really quiet and i'm like okay i think i've lost them i lost them i'm still stuck on the the purpose of corporation is limited liability I, oh I'm okay thinking about my cat food dinner oh okay. i'm, I'm like really <laughs> thinking about like and that's why we have so many I could start a new Enron bankrupt <laughs> everybody and go, sorry, that was, that was Enron too. That wasn't Curtis. Uh, mm-hmm. As long as you don't buy cat food. For as your long dog. as I don't buy cat food. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I mean, there's a whole other diatribe about limited liability of corporations and things like that, that you, we could uh, definitely get into about policy issues. And actually this case does get into some policy issues because this whole oh, no. point is right. What the underlying policy issue is you got a guy who got run down by a cab and the most money he can get is $20,000 because they set this company up in such a way that he's not going to get bupkis. Which I realize now that he really, did you say Wilkowski is a woman or a man or does it matter? John Doesn't Wilkowski. Matter. They, 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 John, Wilkowski, they. Uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> Wilkowski, they got, I'm realizing they, they must be pretty badly injured because 20,000 in the 60s is a lot more than it is now. And mm-hmm. uh, I was happy with my tiny little payout. <laughs> so, yeah. I, so this person probably had a lot of medical bills and stuff that they were like at least trying to at least get that part. I think so. And the, the, the insurance question is kind of a, a big part of the dissent. There's also a dissent, by the way. Do we know how old this guy was? Does it say John who got hit? Let me see. <laughs> AJ, nothing but a number, Lauren. <laughs> like, he I need to know how much. Is he like, he was going to have a basketball career, but then. Oh, um, yeah, that matters. That matters. Yeah, they, they talked about that. I was going to have a basketball career. <laughs> I know you're stuck in a basement eating cat food. Yeah. We My don't know. Theater company. We don't say. know. 
We don't yeah. know what his injuries were. We don't okay. know how, how bad it was. We don't know. Um, we, know he's married. we don't know if he's married. <laughs> we don't know where he Could was he injured. Could he perform sexually afterwards? We have a lot we of don't questions know. about Yeah, I mean, there, <laughs> we have to, uh, I even checked the Wikipedia article. No Wikipedia coverage on this one. It's just, he's just a, a schlub who got nothing. <laughs> That's kind of the setup for, for the case. Corporations limited liability. We understand about that, right? Yes? Yeah. Basically, yeah. the law is designed to protect these big old conglomerations. Yeah, and if you set your stuff up right, you can totally avoid liability. That's the idea. Okay, help me out, Billy. Give me some of this LLC. Don't hate the player, hate the game. That's right. That's right. That's right. Robin Hood them. I don't make the rules. I don't make the rules. I just use them to my advantage. <laughs> and I write them to my advantage. And I actually am the one who makes the rules. Yeah. <laughs> actually, the, the biggest example of, of uh, how lawyers write the rules to their own benefit, the statute of limitations to sue a lawyer for malpractice is only one year. So everything else is two, three, four wow. years. But if you don't sue your lawyer within one year, wow. you're done. You are like, out of luck. It's like, uh, yeah, they made their own prenup. Yeah. <laughs> they <laughs> made their own prenup. Mm -hmm. Like, you don't like this? You better like, know. Yeah, by the time you realize this could have gone better, it'll be too, <laughs> too late. late. It's too late. <laughs> but get this, this, the statute of limitations for the lawyer to collect his or her fee is four years. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. So, well, lawyers are busy. Yeah, they need, need more time. <laughs> need more time. So, guess how many days you wait to sue your client if they don't pay the bill? Zero. Three hundred and sixty-six days after you stop representing them. Because then they can't. They sue can't sue you. you. You can sue them. Oh, but you can sue I just them. Got the math on that. Numbers are hard. <laughs> <laughs> So the so the idea is it was uh, so agency right agency so, yeah sorry. agency the the driver is working as an agent for the corporation right. so you can sue the corporation based on the actions of whoever this driver was who we don't even know his name right no. did we uh, the driver was I think the driver was sued but we're just calling him Bob Bob's a small Bob's right small Bob driver. Bob was sued but Bob is just the agent so we're suing the corp corporation right <laughs> and that everybody is fine with every court was like yep yes yep. yes yes right you okay, yeah great. you can sue the company but, that you know that that the person works for yeah but then the corporate veil piercing part is where they like or that's like what they were going for with with this lawsuit that's what the the the, the, the people suing mm -hmm. the company was going for yeah and then some of the courts were like, well, you can't actually pierce this veil. This veil is too good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you kind of imagine it like, like a family tree, if you have Carlton kind of at the top of the family tree, and then he's got 10 children. And the idea is corporate veil piercing is you can reach Carlton. He's the papa, but you can't reach the siblings. So, mm. and also to be clear in this metaphor, mm. also Carlton is all of his own children just wearing, I assume, kitty clothes. Carlton is both the pop hats, and right? All of the yeah, and all the children. Children. Yeah. Now, this is this company now. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I'm Carlton Jr. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, the enterprise liability piece, the court says there's no, you cannot do that. You can't sue different corporations just because they have the same owner. Sometimes it's called reverse veil piercing. Veil piercing being you're looking behind the corporate veil to the stockholder or the owner. So, uh, you know, Greenberry Lucas LLC is owned by Greenberry Lucas. We're going to sue Greenberry Lucas LLC. And we say no. Greenberry Lucas treats Greenberry Lucas LLC as her personal plaything, And we're going to go what? right past it because Greenberry Lucas has all that money and Greenberry Lucas LLC has got bupkis. But reverse veil piercing, as we say, we've been harmed by Greenberry Lucas LLC. We're going to sue Greenberry Lucas. And Greenberry Lucas no. also owns. No. What, what else does Greenberry Lucas own? A uh, bunch of peanut butter stocks. Yeah. Bunch of peanut butter stocks, LLC. It's the other company that Greenberry Lucas owns. <laughs> We're not going to sue a bunch of peanut butter stocks, LLC, because it's a sibling. It's another corporate. It's a, it's a, a bunch sibling. of cans. 
bunch it's, of empty cans. Oh, the highly valuable cans. And in this in this scenario, we really need those cans. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. And so in that situation, this is basically like, well, you looked behind the Wizard of Oz's curtain right. and the court is like, nope, can't look. ignore, uh, shut that curtain back, mm -hmm. ignore the man behind the exactly. curtain. Exactly. Uh, you that can't see the man behind company. the curtain. Right. Just sue the big head. You can only <laughs> sue the big head. You can't man sue behind the, the curtain. Guy. Exactly. Big head, not the tiny head. <laughs> it's the classic case of big head versus tiny it's guy. Yeah. So true. That is so true. Listen to Laying Down the Law, season one, episode 400. For <laughs> big head versus tiny guy. Exactly. And if we could go back to that hydra, it's a variation of sizes of heads. <laughs> right. All right. And the court says, look, if you think this is a problem, then you need to go to the legislature to fix it. Right. The legislature allows cab companies to set it up this way and they allow this minimum liability insurance. And if you think insurance ought to be better then go get the legislature to change the laws, we're not in the business of changing the law. However, they do throw a bone to Walkowski and they say this not to say it's impossible for the plaintiff to sue Carlton. He just failed to do so here. Hint, hint. Right. And he says this is not a case of simple agency simple agency being like an employment situation, but it's actually fraud. It's a fraud analysis. Mm -hmm. And so the complaint alleges that the separate corporations were undercapitalized and their assets are intermingled, meaning each corporation had very little money and they're just mixing the money back and forth. It doesn't have anything particular to say that Carlton and his associates were actually doing business in, as individuals and shuttling their personal funds in and out of the corporations. So that's really the difference that alter ego, when you're looking at the owner of the corporation, it's, are they using the corporation as their personal plaything? The cat food. Okay. The proof yeah, is so in Greenberry's the Greenberry's buying cat food, that's <laughs> fraud. But if she's just using that money for, uh, what was it? Cans of peanut yes. butter, LLC. Right. <laughs> and that's fine. She can move all that money between those two mm -hmm. and, and we can't sue her. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. But as soon as she takes out some money and buys that sweet, sweet whiskers. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Fancy Risky whiskers. That's right. Risky whiskers. Exactly. That's exactly it. And basically they say, you know, he didn't do it, but he could potentially go back and amend the complaint. Amend is to fix it or redo it and could potentially sue Carlton if they can allege that specifically Carlton has taken money out of the corporation. So all you got to find. And I guarantee you, you can find that easy, easy. Mm -hmm. That's right. Not, right? Yeah. right. The dissent basically <laughs> says this is bogus. What's a dissent? A dissent is when you have an appellate court, usually there are a number of judges. So okay. the United States Supreme Court has nine justices, for example, okay. usually a lot of courts of appeal might have three justices. And so what happens is if the majority of the justices want to go one way on a case, and another judge wants to go a different way. They disagree with the finding. They can write their own opinion, and that's called a dissent. And like the dissent it. explains why I disagree. Cool. A lot of times, particularly when you're talking about the United States Supreme Court, as the law changes and evolves over time, the dissents become what the opinion is. And then sometimes the opinion becomes the dissent because the court is political and the appointees are political and the political mm. winds shift and people's values change over time. And so absolutely. Um, so sometimes precedent gets reversed in the Supreme Court based on that dissent. Well, not necessarily oh. based on the dissent, but the dissent <laughs> okay. might have the trail of breadcrumbs, so to speak. Okay. All right. What the reasoning eventually would be. And it's really written to say, this is why I think the majority is wrong. And it doesn't have <laughs> like, you couldn't use that dissent in a court of law to prove that you're right. They're just doing it so that, well, hopefully if the law changes, I've already said mm -hmm. what I think will be the right thing. Right. Aha. And, and it, it does have, I think the idea is that, you know, in a case like this, where you could kind of argue the results wrong, that it's not right. Like it doesn't really make, it doesn't seem right that you should be able to structure your company so that it's impossible for someone to ever recover more than $20,000, no matter how badly they're injured. That seems like it should be wrong. And yeah. here are the reasons why, and here's the legal reasons why I think that's wrong. Because a lot of times, you know, legal reasoning is just a way of dressing up what we think anyway, sort of mm -hmm. like using our argument skills to prove something we believed beforehand. Our biases. Exactly. Um, <laughs> and so he basically says, under the circumstances of this case, 
the shareholders should all be individually liable to the plaintiff for the injuries he suffered. The reason is that he says, a participating shareholder of a corporation that's vested with a public interest. So here you're talking about cab company, right? They have a public interest in safety that's organized with insufficient capital to meet the liabilities, which are certain to arise in the ordinary course of the corporation's business, which I will point out, I had no knowledge that all three of my guests would show up saying, having been hit by a cab, and in <laughs> Curtis's case, several times. <laughs> so, so we can say to a certainty that, that these liabilities will occur in the ordinary yeah. course of a taxi cab business. Back. He said, I think the rule should be when you do that, you're personally responsible. You set up a company Dang. that has no money and that company's going around hitting people, then you're on the hook for whatever damages it costs. Judge Keating, the dissenting judge, was outvoted and he was the only one. There were one, two, three, four, five <laughs> other justices or judges that voted the other way. One, so two, he said five that the, judges. He said that they basically, he didn't think that the legislature's idea was to allow this to happen. This is just um, some clever gamesmanship by the cab company. Oh yeah, we know we know what's going on. That that uh, Carlton cab company is a real bunch of scoundrels. This is what's going on. They're running people over, mm -hmm. and it's just been happening since the '60s, and it happens today. And I'm sure he's still a lot. They're still alive and still running people over. Mm -hmm. Probably even more so. I mean, after this decision, you know, they're like, they're like, why are we only have, why are yeah. we having two cabs what? per company? Why not just yeah. one? Yeah. yeah. Why not half a cab? Yeah. You can only see the front half of my cab. Yeah. Sorry, the back. I you, backed right? over. Yeah. That that math tracks if it's a five thousand dollar payout. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty Each much wheel it. Is one company. <laughs> yeah. And this is, you know, it, it does raise some interesting policy questions. When you think about corporations, if you can shield liability in that way, you could do some really bad stuff. And he's like, well, that's in a corporation. We're not responsible for whatever yeah. happens in that part of a corporation. So it incentivizes companies to put their riskiest operations into a, a shell company or into some kind of a small subsidiary so that the other parts of the entity are safe. Ooh. So they get sued for, I don't know, having toxic chemicals and baby powder or something like that. They're like, well, we're going to mm. bankrupt that company. The rest of us is fine. Yeah. Right. Johnson and Johnson is fine. You want to sue Johnson, Johnson, and Johnson, who owns all the <laughs> Exactly. You want the three Johnson. We're going to do a little improv. Oh, boy. All right. Oh, all right. Good. <laughs> Uh, excuse, excuse me. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, uh, John. As, as my lawyer, you've been very, very good. I really, I, I generally appreciate what you do. I know you do. Um, it's, it's just that uh, I was just looking back over the contracts, mm -hmm. and there's a lot of, um, I don't know. I, I, you know, it, what it seems is, well, like, let's see, like right here, right? It says um, uh, that I owe you the normal amount. Okay, that's fine. Mm -hmm. Um, but then it says that also that you can slap me anytime you want. That's right. right? And I thought, yeah, that's right. I, ow, 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 stop. Okay, so, yeah. uh -huh. so I thought that's illegal, right? So I went down to the courthouse and I, and I looked it up. And it turns out that, John, you wrote a law that says that you can slap me. That's true. Okay, so could, could, could you not write that, that law, I guess, is my first question. And also, like... You got a law passed just so you could slap me? Listen, if you want to file an anti-slap lawsuit, that's got to do with the First Amendment. Forget about that. I'll talk to you about anti-slap later. That's a lawyer joke. Sorry. I'm that's a lawyer that joke. I, I'm sorry. I don't. Ask Johnny Depp about it. Forget it. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, uh, I figure if I'm going to write my contracts, I might as well write the laws. It's really not that different. The law is a contract <laughs> between me and the rest of society. <laughs> Why were you slapping me all the entire time you were explaining? Stop it. Ow. Could you? Ow. 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 <laughs> Feels so good. Wait, wait, hold on. I'm, so, I'm sorry. Also, could I just ask about the no flinching law? Right, right. Well, I just don't want you to be a little baby. Well, I'm, I'm not a little baby. I'm a man going through a divorce. That's why I hired you. Right, right. You're a man who acts like a little baby. 
Ow! Stop you flinching! Slap me on the behind. Stop slapping. Okay, at least slap me in the face. No more slapping me on the butt. I feel too much like a baby if you slap me on the butt. Okay, I don't care what the law says. All right, I'm gonna have to write a law about that too. <clears throat> oh my! Oh my! As he's writing the law, I can see the words in the sky <laughs> imprinted. Oh my! Uh, what is happening? This is like. I was going to say Stranger with fic- Stranger Than Fiction, the Will Ferrell movie. It, Doesn't that happen? Well, everything I do is based on a movie, as you know. I'm actually, I realized I'm thinking of the movie Delirious with John Candy, where he writes his own, uh-huh. he's, a, he's a mystery writer well, and he writes Could you possibly- Ow! Ah, you slapped me right in the oh, nose. Oh, I'm so sorry about that. Could you possibly imagine imagine me in a movie that has me with more money? Like, um, I don't know, The Great Gatsby or something? I mean, you know, since we're constructing this reality based upon your imagination, I'd really appreciate it (laughs) if you could give me some of the things that I want in this imaginary world. I am a cab driver, Baba. Just uh, typing on my typewriter here, put some eyeliner on, uh, even my hoagie. But Bob, watch, watch, you're gonna hit that person. It was a red light, Bob. I, I think you just blew through a red light. <laughs> what are you? What are you trying to drive the backseat driver? I tell you what, these cabs—they're made to run folks over. That looks like a speed bump. What do they weigh? One hundred seventeen pounds. <laughs> Ran right through them. Oh God. Um. I. You know. Um. It, this ID back here says. Um. The. You drive for uh, three different companies. Hey, listen, I'm not here to talk about all the companies that I drive through. I want to get to know you. You look like an interesting person. I'm writing a screenplay and I can see you like being a, a character. You could be like a, like a, oh yeah, so she's got this beautiful flowing locks of hair. Her teeth are beautiful. A smile, oh my God, a smile melts my, like my, like my provolone on my sandwich is melting. I, I I'm happy to be interviewed. I just I wish you wouldn't type while you drive. Um, <laughs> I want your I'm name. A typewriter. What's your What's your name, cutie pie? I don't usually. I, I swear, I never. I never do this. I never do. Uh, really, you never do? Cause I. I could have sworn you. You really have a charm about you. I thought. I thought you might. Do this to all the girls you pick up. Uh, I, I'm usually so focused on my my craft here, my screenplay writing. Uh, I, I, I don't I, I don't usually. You, no one catches my eye in the back there. You you got an astute observation. You saw that I ran over a person. You're looking around at my, all my. Uh, Wait, you just ran another red light. Oh God. You know, red lights are a suggestion. Oh no, there's somebody's foot. It was a bicyclist. <laughs> Oh, oh, good. Because I thought I thought it was a, a freaking foot. They, they spread or whether they they flatten that they. What do the feet do? They do something. The bones they get they do something and they don't. Anyway, I'm gonna put that in my screen. But that's an interesting line. The bones do something and then then they don't. Hey, 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 what, hey, man! You hit me. You hit me. I need a dog. I need a doctor now. You see why I Wait, never stop so- at red lights? This guy biked right up to the window. Listen, I- no, you hit me. You hit me. I need a doc. Are you a doctor? You're also a do- you're typing. You're driving a cab. You've got yeah. You've got I also baguette. have a stethoscope because I you know how much med- uh, medical school student loans are very very high price even in this year this day and time very much a large amount of money. Okay, well, can can you look at my foot real quick? Oh yeah, let's check this. I, I excuse I I have to be somewhere. Um. Uh, okay, bye. Yeah, <laughs> I I sorry. See, I'm sorry. I, I I so whenever people let me practice medicine, truthfully, I didn't tell this guy that, but I I did get my medical license revoked. But I carry my stethoscope around because I still have the education. You know, I could have told that guy what happened to his body. I hear a lot of cab drivers come to this country that they were doctors before. So yeah, yeah, yeah. You like that? You like a medical professional or a screenwriter? Which one are you more interested in? 
Um, I, I think this is me. <laughs> Just uh, pull over, right? Um, okay. No, no, no. You well, said, you, I got it. I, it's around the. It's around the block of go. We're going around the block of that. I, you know, I, I don't mind. I, I'll pull you right up to the door. I don't mind. I don't mind to pull a U-turn right here. I'll just pull a U-turn. I don't care. Okay, just pop the trunk so I can get my furs. <laughs> you got it. Any, anything for you. I never got your name or, or your number. Or uh, I, I imagine this is, might be your apartment if you're interested in me, like just popping by. Uh, I, I I'm not sure if that's a good idea. Um, You're gonna want to read the screenplay when it's finished. I'm telling you, it's it's really it's. I I have a lot of nice things to say about you and about the city. So, uh, Bob, I've been reading your screenplay, and um, uh, it's um actually really good. It's really really <laughs> thank good. Thank you. I feel. Uh, like you've kind of redefined a genre with what you're doing here. And um, I, I want to get it produced. Well, that's what I, that's what I was hoping you would say. You know, I worked very hard working, uh, you know, I did a little, uh, don't tell the medical boards, but I did it, practice a little medicine, you know. Well, no, that's uh, in the screenplay in the, in the middle of the second act. Of course, there were like the five pages that were splattered with blood, which I thought was so um, unique and um, yes. metaphorical. Sometimes um, right I leave the cab windows open and when I squash somebody psh, right in the windows, it's crazy. It's like the truth and, and fiction and reality are just all blending together. It's, I really feel like this will redefine a genre. Yeah, it's like a blender, you know, you have a blender. I, I'm really into smoothies lately. I was thinking about getting a car that has a smoothie blender in it. Then I could like flake my smoothies while I'm writing. Well, that's smoothie. what I loved about, you know, Welcome back to entertainment tonight. We have, of course, Bob, who's the first 100 tuple threat, not a triple threat, not a director, writer, actor, actor but a director, writer, actor, taxi driver, yes. doctor, yep. Casanova, Casanova, the first legally recognized Casanova yes. ever, veterinarian, vet of the armed forces, <laughs> the first person to ever walk on the moon yes after neil armstrong mm -hmm. and about 93 other other threats that we will come back to later now bob this movie this movie is incredible thank you it um it's so multifaceted uh, oh wait okay i'm uh, sorry uh, uh, just, oh, uh having my lunch i'm all i'm a, the reason i'm able to have all those accolades is i do it all you see i don't i don't leave any moment to chance here we are we're we're interviewing here at a quiz nose yes, yes yes having my having my dinner you know this is what the, the, they call having your cake and eating it too which i, I think is a is a misinterpretation of the actual quote but it's what i'm doing i, I do it all <laughs> Of course, threat number uh, 42 is that you are a linguist. You are, you. you have taken apart language in a way that many people have never seen. Ripped it apart, tore it apart, and uh, that th threw it through some uh, scissors. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's what I did. You, th you threw it through th some scissors. The first right. person, Bob, also to reinterpret how we use scissors. Yes. No longer for so many years. I, I know I grew up cutting them up, using the scissors with my hands yes. rather than throwing things at the scissors. You weren't thinking, you weren't thinking. I'm always was, thinking, I'm none always of us thinking. thinking. <laughs> Just gonna clip my toenails. Oh, okay. so. it's, it's important, it's important to maximize every moment. That's, if you wanna be like me, that's it. That's the key takeaway, maximize every moment. And that was our last interview with Bob. Bob, <laughs> Bob, wherever you are now, this is in memoriam for Bob, who was hit by his own taxi while cutting his toenails, singing opera, and crying. <laughs> for entertainment tonight. So I'm wearing a trench coat. I am uh, allowed to ask you anything and you should feel obligated to answer. Mm, okay. Mm -hmm. so, ask me anything you want to know. Okay. 
What type of undergarments do you wear? Oh, well, I usually wear at least two pairs. <sighs> two, double and Absolutely. Double People would always ask me boxers or briefs, and I would say, who can decide? So uh, I wear both. Very snug. You're really snuggling. Oh, up, I like to uh, keep downstairs. the marbles tight in there. <laughs> yes, don't want to lose your marbles. <laughs> no, no, I've said it once, I've said it a thousand times. <laughs> yes, yes. So as you know, there is a uh, missing, well, there was a severed head found in your uh, apartment building in the laundry room. But uh, I'm curious to know, how often do you do laundry since you're wearing two briefs? Well, I do laundry about two, three times a day. I got to oh, keep wow. it clean with all my layering. You know, it's very <laughs> cold and sometimes warm. And so I like to be ready for anything. Yes, you really know how to navigate this city. I like that in, a, in, a, in an interviewee. Absolutely. And for the record, I did not see a severed head in the laundry room any of the 21 times I went in the week in question. Ne oh, never did. It was setting, setting very much in plain sight, which was an interesting choice, we thought. You did see it, like, setting right on the shelf by the, uh, the, the fabric softener? Well, here's the thing about duplicity, <laughs> is that when you see things two ways at once all the time, sometimes <laughs> you see nothing at all. And that's what is, happened in this case. <laughs> is, that, is, that bi is that like a bipolar uh, duplicity is that part of bipolar duplicity is what you take when you what you get when you take bipolar and you stand it on its head <laughs> okay instead of right. having two poles going on and you're switching back and forth and switching back and forth who's got the time why not do both <laughs> at the same time you can be you can be fully energetic and not be able to get out of bed both at the wow. same time that's what's fun that's what <laughs> that's i call a good time that's a weekend <laughs> Sounds and the terrible. week too that's morning <laughs> noon and night that's how i like to do it wow you're you're definitely uh very interesting very interesting indeed i think I'm so i'm trying to stay on the case but i just want to know more and more about you i, I but this this head that you did peanut butter and chocolate i got them both go ahead <laughs> yes okay peanut you butter and jelly why not well, that one makes very much sense. It's very sensical peanut butter and jelly. Oh. Most people do that one. Peanut butter and chocolate. That's it. That's an pineapple on pizza. Who's got that going on? That's craziness. Oh, one of my favorite toppings. I I, uh, I enjoy. Hold on. Excuse me. Uh, sorry, sir. I'm going to talk to my officer oh. for a second. It's uh, real quick outside. Uh, yes, uh, Sergeant. You're too nice to this guy. You keep every every single time he talks about something, you, you get enthralled in his story. Wow. He said duplicity is an interesting thing. That's the most lyingest thing I've ever heard somebody say. They said lying is interesting. And you said, well, that's oh. interesting that you put it that way. Look, you got to get this case. Okay. I'm... I've got faith in you. You can, you can close this. And scene. Well, this brings us to the end of this week's legal voyage, and I want to thank you for joining me, your captain, on this earmark edition of Laying Down the Law. I'd like to thank my crew, Greenberry, Lauren, and Curtis, for joining me on this delightful journey into madness. And listener, I'd like to thank you for coming along with us. Wherever you are, you're also here while you're there via the magic of Earmark CPE. I'd also like to thank the OG cello performance CPA, Blake Oliver, for building Earmark CPE, the mighty little app that makes learning fun and free. <clears throat> Mostly free, but now you can subscribe. Isn't that right, Blake? That's right, Billy. And speaking of mighty, thank you to the mighty Q, Quentin Feitner, for the mighty cover art. Thank you for the opportunity, Billy. And hey, if you listeners want some cool art of your own, you can find me at fightpro.com. Thank you to David Felton for creating the awesome, all original music. And a special thank you to Jeff at Feitner Productions. Hey, that's me. <laughs> yes, Jeff. That is you. Thank you, Jeff, for making a little boy's radio show dreams into a middle-aged man's podcast reality. So until next time... Wait. What's this? You forgot something. What's that? I forgot something, you say? Yeah, you gotta do the thing. You know, the thing. All right.
If you want even more of that delicious legal nut butter drenched in comedy chocolate, find the full version of this and every amazing episode of Laying Down the Law at FightPro.com or wherever in the metaverse you get your podcasts. That's F-Y-T-E-P-R-O.com. Fighter Productions is not responsible for the preceding comments related to nut butter. If you or someone you know experiences nausea, third eye blindness, sudden onset euphoria, or have an unrelenting craving for ham, seek help immediately. Laying down the law is protected by the Intergalactic Treaty of Euripides, Stardate 21821.90. If you'd like a transcript of the show, please send a self-addressed stamped envelope to Colonel Steve Austin, care of the Foundation for Law and Government, 221A Baker Street, Beverly Hills, 90210. Any likeness to real places, persons, or events is absolutely happenstance. We'd never intentionally crib real life happenings to make a podcast. We're not true crime after all. It's more likely a situation similar to the chimpanzees, typewriters, and Shakespeare, right? That's what Attorney Steve says anyway. And if you know what's good for you, you listen to Attorney Steve. I don't argue with Attorney Steve, mostly because he ain't right in the head and quite honestly frightens me a little bit. The last time we went to court, the judge started asking him all kinds of weird questions like, where did you study law and why hasn't the State Bar of California ever heard of you? Then Attorney Steve started doing this weird deep breathing meditation kind of thing and muttering under his breath about a monster truck fight and how the judge ain't got nothing on a 15,000 pound, 2,000 horsepower fire breathing death cage on wheels and then the tailor came running with his taser and honestly, I didn't even ask Attorney Steve to come with me. It was only traffic for God's sake. Besides, I totally parked in the loading truck. 